0: Welcome to The Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. And I'm really excited about today because today is not only Legacy Sunday, but it's also Commitment Sunday. It's where we get an opportunity to put our money where our mouth is, as it were, in order to bless the community in which God has placed us and so much more. And that's what we're going to be talking about today because legacy is about creating a generational echo. It's about seeding tomorrow today. And today is that day. It's Commitment Sunday. Today is the day. Pastor Paul says it this way, in every God-breathed vision, there is a strategic season where our response determines what our tomorrow will look like. What we do today is gonna determine what our tomorrow looks like. Do you believe that? And here at Life, we have four focuses. They are church, community, business and kingdom. And legacy is an opportunity for us to partner together Together, I'm going to say that again, together and invest into these areas. More specifically, Legacy 21, and for the next nine months, we're really believing that we're going to see an increase in community impact like we've never seen before, and also increase our saving for the future. That's the purpose of Legacy 2021 for the next nine months. And in order to set up our giving moment, I want to share a thought found in the Word of God this morning. And so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14 is not a parable. It's one of those incredible, miraculous moments that Jesus was a part of. Jesus was a part of many incredible, miraculous moments. And this is one of my favourites. There's so much in this. This passage is rich. But we're going to share a little bit now. You're going to hear a little bit from me. Then we're going to throw to an AV. And then Pastor Kathy's is going to join me on stage. She's our community coordinator. So we're going to have a great time this morning. Who believes that? Yeah. So Matthew chapter 14, verse 14 says this. When Jesus landed and saw the crowd, get this, He had compassion on them and He healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to Him and said, This is a remote place. And it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and they can buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, they don't need, get this, they don't need to go away. You, 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 Life Adelaide, give them something to eat. We have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, He said. And He directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish. Looking up to heaven, He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then He gave them to the disciples and the disciples in turn gave them to the people. They all ate... And they were satisfied. There's a miracle for you. All the people were satisfied. That doesn't happen in church too often, but there's a miracle right there. All the people were satisfied. They say you can't please all the people all the time. Well, on this occasion, all the people were satisfied, such is the miracle worker in Jesus. And the disciples picked up the 12 baskets of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate, get this, was about 5,000 men, And that's not including the women and children. That's an amazing passage of Scripture and there's so much we can learn from it. But uh, let me just take you back to that moment, if we can just sit in it for a moment, because what we've got here is Jesus had been teaching all day. And if I had been teaching all day, eventually you're gonna be hungry. I'm not going to be preaching that long, but if I've been preaching all day, eventually there's going to be a whole heap of people that are hungry. And that's exactly what was happening. Jesus was teaching and the people were getting hungrier. And the disciples came to Jesus and they said, Hey Jesus, it's late. This is a remote place. Let's send them away so they can get some food. Now, I don't know about you, but that seems very reasonable to me. Not only does it seem reasonable, it seems very kind and very caring. The disciples come to Jesus and say, Jesus, let's let the people go, give them an early minute so they can go get themselves some food. Most people would say, well done, great initiative. That's great care and great kindness, wouldn't we? And yet Jesus didn't see it that way. Jesus was forever messing with the disciples' minds. And I don't know about you, but when I read the Bibles, Jesus is forever messing with my mind. Have you ever read the Bible and had your mind mess with when you see what Jesus did, knowing you would have done something completely different? Well, if you would do something completely different than what Jesus did, know this, He's not wrong. We're the ones who need to change. Jesus is not gonna change for us. We need to change and come into line with His good, perfect, pleasing will, His Word and His ways. And the reason Jesus did not respond the way the disciples expected them to is because he saw it totally different. What was the difference, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that. But Jesus felt responsible for the people, he actually felt responsible. And Jesus challenged the disciples to go beyond reason which is the title of my short message today, Beyond Reason. He encouraged them to go beyond reason and become more responsible. See, Jesus was trying to get them to be more responsible and to take up their responsibility. And I believe He's been trying to do that with the church for the last 2000 years. Let's not live in the realm of reason. Let's not just respond out of what seems reasonable to us, but let's take up responsibility. What the disciples asked of Jesus was very reasonable and yet Jesus was burdened with the responsibility of the people. And so he says, what are we gonna do about it? Why don't we do something about it? Why don't we get involved? So he says to them, what do we have? And the answer came back, well, nothing. We got nothing. He says, go search, have a look. And they came back with a little boy's lunch which I think is one of the biggest overlooked miracles in the Bible. If you understand little boys, they're always hungry. I remember I was one of three boys growing up and we were always hungry. We were always in the kitchen. Like, mom, there's nothing to eat. Mom, what's that to eat? Standing in front of the fridge, what's there to eat? And I said, have you got worm boys? And I, No, just we're just hungry. We're just hungry. We were always hungry and for this young lad, to give up his lunch, I think that's an incredibly overlooked miracle that this young lad would give up his lunch, which is a miracle in and of itself. See, if we don't feel responsible, we won't help people. Reason is not gonna get us there. Being reasonable Christians in 2021, in this beautiful city of Adelaide, is not gonna get us where God wants us. And I believe part of the pandemic is God stirring His people that we might move from reason to become more responsible. You see, responsible people understand a few things. And the first thing is this, responsible people understand that compassion is crucial. In verse 14, we see that Jesus was moved by compassion. Turn to the person next to me and say compassion. Say compassion with compassion. See, sympathy is understanding what someone is going through. And the disciples had sympathy. They understood what the people were going through. They're hungry and we need to let them go. That's sympathy. But compassion is the ability to help them through it. It's to go the extra mile. And compassion leads to a passion for ministry. What we have here at Life Adelaide is people who are compassionate and passionate about certain areas. People like John and Elvie, who started the barbecue community kitchen that we have, and they're doing an incredible job. In fact, when we ask them to do it, yeah, you can put your hands together. I think it's just amazing. The community barbecue that they run in one of the parks in Salisbury is amazing. And we said to them, hey, look, we just want you to run it once a month. They said, no, we wanna do it more than that. They said, okay, let's, let's do it once a fortnight. I said, no, we, pastor, we want to do it more than that. We wanna do it at least once a week. I think, man, where did that come from? That came from compassion. We didn't make them do it. We didn't guilt them into it. And on this particular Commitment Sunday, we don't wanna guilt anyone into doing anything. We wanna see compassion move you. Because guilt is not a good motivator. Why? Because guilt never lasts. If you are motivated by guilt, it won't last. You think about when you were younger and your mum was trying to get you to tidy your room or maybe you're a parent in this place and, and you're trying to get your kids to tidy the room and, and you can guilt them into it. Come on, if you don't do this, you're in trouble or else. Do this or else. Or like, well, else what? And, and there's lots of parenting that is guilt-motivated and guilt-driven. And it's not a good motivator. That's why you have to keep reminding them again and again and again. Now, I, I think at the heart of most parents is we want you young people to take responsibility for your own room. We want you to take responsibility for your own life. We want you to take responsibility for your own car. If I went into some of the young people's cars today, would I see a whole heap of mackers from last night? I don't know. I'm just saying, just a thought, just throwing it out there. Now we want you to take responsibility. We don't want to guilt you into doing anything because once you feel responsible for something, you'll do anything. And we see that when the brand new baby comes home from hospital and a mother that would never get up in the middle of the night, normally she'll sleep straight through. Is up two, three, four, five times a night. Why? Because she feels guilty? No, because she feels responsible. Prior to the baby, there was no reason to get up. But now, with this young baby that's so dependent upon her, she now is moved by compassion, not guilt. She's moved. Why? Because she feels responsible. I always tell people that come onto staff here at Life Adelaide this is not a contract. When you come onto staff, it's not a contract, it's more like a covenant. It's it's more like a a responsibility that we embrace because people have needs and their needs don't always fit into our nine to five calendar. And we have to be moved with compassion and move from a responsible place. See, responsibility removes the excuses. It's too late, says reason. And responsibility says it's never too late. Reason says it's too remote. And responsibility says it's never too remote. Reason says it's too expensive. And responsibility says it's never too expensive. God wants to move our hearts, shift our hearts from reason to being more responsible. And for that to happen, compassion is crucial. Secondly, prayer is pivotal. We see in the first part of verse 19, it says that Jesus took the bread And he broke it and he gave thanks. What does prayer do? Prayer invites God into the equation. We've been asking everyone to grab a form this week and to pray over that form, to ask God, invite God into the situation. Go beyond reason. I can't afford it. Reason will tell you, you can't afford to give. But if we open up, The possibilities through prayer, God can speak to us. God can minister to us that we can go beyond reason and take up our responsibility. What I love about prayer is not only it changes things, but it changes us. Prayer changes not only things, but first and foremost, prayer changes us. Oswald Chambers says it this way. He says, It is not so true that prayer changes things as prayer changes me. And then I change things. Consequently, we must not ask God to do what He has created us to do. For instance, Jesus Christ is not a social reformer. He came to alter us first. And if there is any social reform to be done on earth, it must be done through us. How does that happen? God first changes us. See, today is not a money grab. It's not a drive for money. It's a change for a shift of heart. It's a change for a shift of the way we see things. It's an inside out job first. If John and Elvy were motivated by guilt, they would have stopped doing what they've been doing already because they would have grown tired of it. But they're just ramping up. They actually want to get more involved. Not only do they want to be involved in the community barbecue, they want to be involved in our next project, which is the community kitchen. These people are just like, they are just lovers of people. And it's inspiring to me. And I want their story to inspire you. Prayer is pivotal. Not only does it change us, not only does it change our hearts, but it also invites God into the equation. When they'd received all that they had, Jesus prayed and God multiplied. we believe believing whatever money's come in, God will add His touch to it. That there'll be a multiplication effect. That doors will be opened supernaturally. That's why we need to be a people that are praying. Why? Because it first changes us, but then it also invites God into the equation to do what no person alone can do. It was a miracle that took place in the feeding of the 5,000s. Those loaves and breads could not have gone that far without the touch of God. And we're believing not only God will change us through this exercise, but we're believing we'll invite God in the equation. Amen. Responsible people understand that compassion is crucial, prayer is pivotal, and thirdly, execution is essential. Again, in the second part of verse 19, we see that the disciples, get this, they gave the food to the people. They didn't hold on to it for themselves, they gave it to the people. See, we can't just sit here and talk about what the church should be doing. We can't sit around and just preach sermon after sermon. Eventually, we have to do something. Pastor Dan was preaching last Sunday night and he said this He said, You know, that saying, uh, the thought, it's the thought that counts. How many of you heard that saying, it's the thought that counts? Well, actually, the thought doesn't count. It's not enough. We need action. People are our priority. Here at Life Adelaide, it's one of our values that people are our priority. James says it this way, that faith without works is dead. He says, I'll show you my faith by what I do. He didn't say, I'll show you my faith by how I pray. He said, I'll show you my faith by what I do. We have an incredible opportunity, Life Adelaide, to make a difference in our community and beyond such as we never have before. Today's Commitment Sunday. And in just a moment, we're gonna have an opportunity to hand in those pledge cards But before we get to that moment, I'm gonna ask you to turn your attention to the screens. We've got a cut down version of last week's audio visual. It's about five minutes. And then Pastor Cass is gonna join me here on stage. We're gonna talk through a few of those things. And then we're gonna have our moment to receive our offering today. How's that sound? God bless you. Take a look at the screens. Thank you.
1: Rainbow and I'm the community coordinator here at Life Adelaide. When I think community, I think a responsibility to help those in need. It's about saying this is the part I can play, and if I do that to the best of my ability, then I'm actually making a difference. We need to ask ourselves, how do I use my gifts and talents to step into the needs in this community that I'm a part of? We answered this question in part when we partnered with the Salisbury Council to feed the homeless in a local park. What started as a six-week trial every Friday has continued for the last nine months. We are currently in conversations with the Salisbury Council to launch Life Community Kitchen in a local community hub that desperately needs to experience help and hope. To me, the Community Kitchen is not just about meeting the immediate need of feeding hungry people, but it's about building a platform where we can provide training to potentially set them up for the future that is to come. This is where CAP can come in. CAP is Christians Against Poverty. It's about helping people become debt free in a way that ensures it's not just help in the moment, but there's a hope for the future. It's exciting to think that we can meet today's need and bring hope to the future to those who are struggling with debt from something as simple as presenting this course. In talking about meeting today's need, Christmas Box is another amazing initiative that can achieve just that. I know it only happens once a year, but the impact is huge. It's a way to gather people and bring dignity into their homes at one of the most special and stressful times of the year. In fact, this year, 35,000 homes will be blessed, 2,500 of them right here in our community in Adelaide. One thing that 2020 and COVID highlighted was the need to provide a platform to activate people when you just can't physically go out and do something. It was from this revelation that The Giving Store was birthed. The Giving Store takes a platform that many of us use, online shopping, and redeems it for a purpose far above our own individual needs. It's an online store where you can go online and select a pack and you purchase it and then you donate it. And then community organizations that we are working with come to us and they say, we've got a need. And we as a church able to say, we can help. I love what Pastor Paul says, the church should be the place that people can turn to. And I believe that the giving store is a platform that gives us access to do just that. Not only do we have the opportunity to meet practical needs through the giving store, but we also get to partner with and serve local families through our KidGo school holiday program and playgroup initiatives. We've seen countless families come for the fun, the jumpy castles, the activities and the friends, but leave with an experience of church and connection to a family they didn't expect. Year after year, we have people come through the doors of our church because the impact Kidgo had on them as a child never left. We don't just want to provide for students in the early years, we want to have generational impact. And we're seeing that take place through a Hendon bus ministry. Each week we run a bus from Hendon to our Friday night youth program with kids from schools all around the surrounding areas. This ministry is run entirely by volunteers who give up their Friday nights to make sure that these kids can find connection and community. I love that we're developing a focus for community that says to people, where are you at today? Can we help? Do you need a meal? how's your Christmas looking? Are you in debt? Or for an external community organisation to be able to say, I've got a need, who can I turn to? And Life Community is there. Imagine people being trained and released from the cycle of poverty and given a hope for a future they never thought they had. And not just a hope, but equipping them to do it. Imagine if the church and Life Community could put their hand up and say to those in hardship, we can meet your need. At Christmas, you can count on us to bring help and hope. You can count on us to be here for your today. You can count on us to be there for your tomorrow. It's a big vision, there's a big need and it's easy to feel overwhelmed. But we don't have to do it alone, it just takes each one of us to play our part and realise we can bring help and hope. As a member of this community, we have a responsibility to love our neighbour. The question I have for you today is what has God given you to bring to your community? How will you impact it? What role will you play? Is it bringing your skills to the table? Is it giving of your time? Is it the releasing of your finances? Every one of these is so valuable in order to meet the need. The need is huge, but together we can bring help and hope.
0: There we go. Look, what can happen when we move from beyond reason and take up our responsibility in the community? Amen. We had a great time last week and we showed a, a video including all that footage and much, much more. And obviously straight after there was a a lot of interest and there was a lot of questions. So I thought today would be great just to hear from our community coordinator herself and give opportunities to share in a little bit more depth about some of those areas. So I'm going to throw straight over to you. Babe, go for it.
1: Wonderful. It's good to be back here again. Hey, um, I know that in the video and if you saw last week we had lots of testimonies and lots of um, information, but just a couple of things I thought I'd just like to highlight because I'm not sure everybody knows all the intricacies of what happens, but we'll start with the community barbecue and I know that Tony's mentioned it several times already this morning, but Church, I don't know if you're aware that Baker's Delight actually donate the bread for us every week and then we do the rest of the food there. And as Tony's mentioned, John and Elvie have been doing that for the last nine months. They do have a team that work with them. And uh, I love the fact that they didn't just say, well, we'll just do it when it suits. They've actually made a commitment and they've done it every week tirelessly in, uh, in and out. And I know a couple of weeks back when we had a really bad thunderstorms, The OH&S guys in uh, Life Adelaide said, oh, we don't know that they should go out there. And um, John and Elby said, no, no, the community, they need us. They're expecting us to be there. So they're there, rain, hail and shine. And then they also, once a month, so yesterday they do a community breakfast. So once a month on a Saturday they do a breakfast. And I know that the people that who have got alongside and gone and enjoyed it, love it, And so I just want to encourage you, if you're here today and you have a Friday off or you have Saturday mornings and you would like to uh, be part of that, then John and Elvie and the team would love you to put your hand up and come and join them. So what you're going to need to do is come and see me afterwards at the uh, Life Community Centre there, and uh, we'll just get your details and we'll get you connected. But they love it. They love the people, and you know what? The people love the fact that they are there. So, and as Tony's already mentioned, when we launched our community kitchen, John and Elvie are saying they're not going to stop that. So they didn't want to do this in lieu of; they want to do both. And and I think that's just a great spirit there, which is awesome. While I'm talking about community kitchen, uh, just for many of you have been asking, we've been talking with the Salisbury Council Mm. as to how we could facilitate providing a sit-down meal once a week so that the families in our local council area uh, could actually we know would have at least one sit-down hot meal every week. And so we've been talking with the Soresbury Council because what we didn't want to do is come and say, this is what we can do, this is what we want to do. uh, Honestly, we went to them and said, what do you need? You're on the ground, you're there. It's no point us saying, doing all this stuff, but it's not scratching where the itch is. And so we've had several uh, meetings with them and and different council areas and different um, little local community hubs. They have come back to us, they've got to get a few more things over the line, but it is looking very likely that we will have the actual commercial kitchen that's in the Salisbury Community Hub. So the new um, uh, Salisbury Council Chambers has got a great commercial kitchen in the area there. So it looks like we will secure that on a Thursday night to be able to do our community kitchen. I've been meeting with Julie who is the uh, social coordinator over there and so she just has to work through some things. What I never understood was because sometimes we can take it that we're just going to come, we're going to cook a meal and we're going to set it all up, cook a meal, pack up and go, which is part of what we want to do. That's how we want to be able to provide a service. But we have to understand we're meeting the community with where they're broken, they're hurting, they have lots of issues and some things that we need to deal with. So we have to develop relationships with other community organisations because broken, hurting people have needs. And we've got to make sure that we also have a really good support network. So it's not as easy as just, let's just cook a meal and serve it up. It's, there's all that stuff going on. And the Sordery Council are really working really well with us uh, on that. So that's exciting. And I think what I really like about it is as we start developing relationships and talking to different community uh, opportunities, there's all sorts of things that start to flare up you start to think of and so the mayor says to me that there's a mobile um washing like uh, washing machine and dryer and so you can start to maybe develop relationships and if we can't work with them it could be future legacies where we start to actually house a, a mobile laundry so that when people come they can have a meal but their washing could get done at the same time or then we started talking about haircuts and uh, you know they started to talk about just different things we can do and this is where I see caps comes into that because again everybody's got money but not everybody knows how to handle that money. So we can do, facilitate a sit-down meal and then after the meal we can run a budgeting course and just teaching people the basics that they have either never been uh, taught or just need some help. In that, And then, um, you know, the the sky's the limit. You can do all sorts of things. There's mobile shower. So we could even bring those sorts of things. So there's all these things, one, out there that we could develop relationship with. But two, potentially it could be, hey, in legacies to come, that's what we will actually uh, build, design, you know, uh, do that. So that's kind of where the community Kitchen's heading.
0: In presenting to the council, obviously they were highlighting some of the other problems that occur because of the people that we're wanting to reach. They're not only hungry, but they have mental issues and now there's a safety of the people there. So you need security and all those counselling situations. But what I love about Kath and the team and what they're doing, they're not saying we can't do that then. They're not backing off because of some of the realities. They're just finding solutions in order to keep the momentum of this new venture going. So I really want to commend you and the team for what you're doing because into the near future, we will have our community kitchen up and running, which is really good.
1: Yeah. With all those
0: other things as well. And
1: I think on that, if you're interested, one serving or security, but even just the professional side of it. Yes, we'll work with government departments, but maybe you're here today and actually you've got some of those degrees or trainings or things and we're just not aware of that. Please come and see us because, or you may know someone. I'm finding a lot it's about, but I'll just connect you with this person and then I'll connect you with that person. So again, if you're in the room and you've got those or you're online watching, you've got contacts or it's you, please come and see us after the service or if you're online, click in the link, send in a form because we just want to work with... Uh, people and help people, that's really what we want to do, so it's cool. awesome um, Christmas box, again we've, this will be year three that we're doing Christmas box, when we started the first year we did a thousand boxes last year we did 1500 boxes this year we have committed to two and a half thousand boxes so we're doing Christmas box and Crystal's doing an amazing job with that And just again, Church, one thing you may not know, this is the last year that actually Life Auckland subsidised Christmas box for us. So they have... um provided uh, funds towards Christmas box. We haven't borne the whole cost but this is the last year for that which means next year's Christmas box, two and a half, maybe three three and a half thousand boxes. There's not only the increase in the box numbers, there's actually the increase. We're, we're going to be carrying the whole lot of Christmas box. So again, to let you know that's what's happening. Crystal's doing a phenomenal job. We are looking for also corporate sponsors and finding people who want to be a part of Christmas box. So again And if you know anybody, you want some more information, you can go and see Crystal uh, at the Life Community Stand after the service. This is cool. Uh, What else have we got to let you know? Oh, the giving store. We launched the giving store last week, and you'll see it in the foyer area. And again, as a church, it's our commitment to hold on to the giving store in terms of we are covering the cost of the Shopify platform, the packaging, all that sort of um, things that it takes, the people manpower in sourcing the products and developing the relationships with the community partners to give to. But I just love the fact that people can buy a gift, buy a pack that's going to help somebody in need. 100% of that goes to the individual. And we've got community organisations who say, hey, we're needing this. And we can go to the giving store and say, hey, we've had that donated. We can give that to you. So I'm really excited about the giving store, Kidgo is moving in under the community banner, Kidgo is actually happening in the second week of school holidays and often people say to me, how do I get involved in um, helping in the community, I go, you know what, Kidgo is right on our doorstep and I know Ashari and the team are always looking for volunteers to be able to help and I think it's about 80% of attendees at Kidgo are community attendees, they're not members Of life, Adelaide. And so I want to encourage you if you have school holidays off or you can take a Wednesday off, why don't you go and see Ashari and the team, put your name down and invest in the next generation? Because, like I said in the video, we're hearing testimonies of people who are coming back in their older years, late teens, uh, early 20s, who remember KidGo. They came because somebody brought them to KidGo and they're now coming back to church on their own. Uh, violation so again it's a great opportunity to be involved in that and then um, lastly just one of the things we're talking about is reintroducing a school lunchtime program so I'm having conversations and chatting uh, to individuals and in certain schools so again if you're interested in doing that maybe your uni students or people who are around um, retired I just I love the fact that our church that we can have the older generation and the younger generation. This is a great opportunity, there's so many, especially with COVID and so many border lockdowns where I think kids are growing up, missing out on grandparental love and all those sort of things. And I'm like, hey, some of our oldies, if we can get into the schools, provide lunch, it's providing lunch, but it's also providing love and care. So again, if that interests you or you know anyone, you've got any contacts, heading to the community uh, stand, we'd love to have a conversation.
0: Fantastic. Isn't it good. Do you want to put your hands together for all that's taking place in the community space here at Life Adelaide? Well done. And thank you to everyone who's involved. We really do appreciate it, whether it's an upfront or behind the scenes role, it really is so much appreciated. The other area I just want to very quickly speak into, and and that's the future space. And obviously part of legacy over the last couple of campaigns has been about setting aside some money so that we can secure a stake in the ground, uh, particularly this property. Our desire is that we would be able to purchase this particular property. We've been here uh, uh, 12 years now, Um, obviously, uh, we've done a, a lot of work and renovations and uh, some money's gone into making this as beautiful as she is. And uh, obviously with uh, Pastor Paul and Luke Deong coming over more recently, they said, man, what an incredible place this is and the space that you have and the location being so close to the city. We would really love to be able to purchase this particular property. And that's, that's our desire. And I say that just to be praying for us because we're, we're in a stage where we're ready to go and present to the land owner of this particular property in order to get the best possible outcome. We realize that uh, he may not want to sell. That is out of our hands. That's why we'd be asking that you pray. But uh, if if this is not for sale, then we would love to get in the uh, real estate market and uh, look elsewhere. And so I just want you to know that uh, your uh, monies that has been given has been diligently put aside in order to uh, set up our future. So that's our desire. That's our desire, that we would be able to purchase first and foremost this property, if not here, then somewhere else. But I think uh, those who've been part of this church for a long period of time would say, actually, this really works well and this would be ideal. So that's that's the desire. Uh, Our present position, because of your generosity and because of our ability to uh, manage those funds well, our position is that we've had this property valued, Um, And again, the valuations uh, property is an approximation uh, because obviously as you can imagine, the building is a unique in location and its purpose and also considering how much money has been spent on making this property as beautiful as she is. All those factors come into it when it comes to valuing the property. And so the actual properties that has come, uh, the value of the property that has come back to us based upon the monies that we've set aside and saved over the years uh, puts us in a great uh, situation situation for us to be able to purchase this property. So that's the position that we are in. Right. The desire is that we'd be able to buy it. The position that we're in is that we can. We've had a, a, a just the initial approval from the NAB and also we're seeking and sourcing another bank to be able to help us with that. So there's a really good possibilities uh, on that. So again, I want you to know that the monies that has been given has been set aside and because of those monies, we're well-positioned should the owner want to sell. So that's really good. Yeah. The reality is that the owner may not want to sell and presently is unwilling to sell. And should no other properties come available, then we may need to uh, extend the lease here in this particular property. What I don't want to say is that God said, and then... because not be able to live up to something I said God said, but actually it was more of a desire. So our desire would be to purchase this property or elsewhere. The reality is that we're well positioned, but the reality is right now there are factors that are out of our hands. And if this doesn't come available and there is no other property, then we have to think about our future. And what I know is that our mission is more important than property. Yes. Because for our mission to go forward, we need a hub and we need a base. And so I want you to continue to be praying into that. Again, the desire would be that we would be able to purchase this property or elsewhere, preferably here. But worst case scenario, we would look at extending the lease because we need a great base in this vicinity in order to fulfill the mission and the mandate that God has for us. Amen? So I just want to keep you abreast of all the things that is happening there. But uh, again, thank you so much for your ongoing generosity because our community space and the money we've been able to set aside puts us in great position to be able to move forward in both of these areas, Mm. be it the purchase of this property or the increase in our uh, community space, which is really, really exciting. The goal this year is for us to uh, reach the $230,000 mark, and behind me is a chart of how we've broken that down. You see, we can actually, I believe, by looking at these uh, units behind me, a unit would simply represent a family, a person, or a couple. And if one unit alone would commit over the next nine months to a $20,000 figure, And then if you go down the chart there, you can see how we can soon reach the $230,000. If 60 units, that's 60 people, 60 families or 60 couples would just commit $10 a week for the next nine months, it would equal $400. And so I believe that the figure that we're believing for and asking is one that is actually very doable for us here at Life Adelaide. BJ, our youngest, uh, is going to be giving and pledging her own card. I would encourage you as parents, if you have young kids that are working and earning their own dollars, bring them on the journey. Because every time we show a video like we've just shown, every time we sit up here and give a report, they'll be able to say, I was part of that. Yeah. As opposed to it's something Mum and dad are doing, as opposed to it's something the church is doing. I believe one of the moves of God in this next few years is that we're going to have more of a personal faith. I believe we're going to move away from our corporate faith and we're going to start to have a greater personal faith. And what better than this Sunday, Commitment Sunday, to bring your children on that journey and help them and help them to see how they can be involved even at a young age. Amen? So that sound good? good? Well, we've really only got one more thing to do right now, and that is to receive those cards. And before we do that, we're going to pray over them. And what I want to say is this, that every dollar that is given to Legacy is tripled in value and impact. How does that happen? Well, it's because of the volunteer base that we have. It's because of the donations that are given, and it's also because of the discounts that we receive. Yeah. There's something powerful when the church comes together. We can do more to, together and collectively than you can on your own. Yeah. You think about the KidGo program, to look after your kids for the small value, for the small dollar value that we're able to put on that because of all the volunteer base. Yeah. You can't get a daycare anywhere near that kind of monies. So again, to all those who volunteer and make our community space happen, we want to say thank you. Can we put our hands together one more time? That'd be awesome. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org.
1: Or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.